Sammy. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm hanging in there. That's all you can really kind of do these days. Everybody's safe. I know. <laughs> right? So <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you in- doing okay and everything? Yeah. My cats have lost their minds, but other than that. <laughs> yeah. They gotta share the space now. <laughs> exactly. Now they hate each other. So I don't <laughs> even know what I just I was actually just watching uh, Jackson Galaxy on YouTube to yeah. figure out what I can do. <laughs> But yeah. Yo, good evening, and welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sammy. What was that? Did you hear something? Yunan. Today's episode is all about horror movies. Oh, yes, and Doctor Who. The good doctor is one of those friends we just don't hang out enough with, you know? Actually, you know those people in your life, you like, you see them maybe like once or twice a year. And it's good, you have fun, you make jokes, there's lots of laughs, you connect. For some reason, you don't become like regular friends. Like a horror movie. Life is strange. Carolyn Morissette is a once-a-year friend. I see her every year at the annual Blood in the Snow Film Festival, which is incredible. Toronto has an outstanding horror community. As for Carolyn, she's an accomplished horror film writer. She's written for Brew Morgue, um, Hollywood Suite, Graveyard Shift Sisters, and she is a Rotten Tomatoes Tomato Meter Approved Critic. So classy. View from the Dark is her deep dive into race and representation of people of color in genre film. As for Blood in the Snow, she is one of five programmers for the Canadian Film Festival, which broadcasts horror, sci-fi, and underground cinema. It was founded by Kelly Michael Stewart in 2012. He actually was on My Summer Lair uh, with Jen Gorman last year. Blood in the Snow is one of our best film festivals. As you're about to hear, it has so much goodness gore, ghouls to offer. I mean, what else do you need, right? I find a lot of horror writing, much like a deep friendship, evokes a lot of nostalgia. So the past is a good place to start this conversation with Carolyn. The past is in this awkward moment I had with director David Cronenberg a few years back. Actually, if you have a minute, I'll tell you a quick tangent. Sure. Uh, Sure, sure. um, So, um... One of Cronenberg's kids, David Cronenberg's kids, uh, was graduating at Ryerson. And uh, so whenever they have the June convocation, they always have like a lot of ice cream and popsicles and stuff like this. And it's always June, right? So it's always a nice day to get out in this grassy field and everything. And so it was a really nice day. And so I went and uh, I was getting some ice cream. I'm just helping myself, right? Because it's just, uh, you work there and it's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, my brother's graduating. I'm just make up a lie or something. Anyways, so I was getting some uh, ice cream. And I accidentally bumped this dude. It was like a dad or something on my arm, beside uh, my right arm or whatever. And I said, oh, excuse me, sir. I'm sorry, sorry. Because uh, he was also a little slow, too. Like, you got to get in there with the ice cream. These people are like, you know what I mean? It, it goes quickly. Yes. And I turned yes. just to say, I was just like, sorry, dude, my bad or whatever. And it was David Cronenberg. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is so cool. So I started talking to him. At the time, he had a uh, Andy Warhol exhibit that was coming up at the AGO. Right. I was talking to him a little bit about uh, Andy Warhol, whatever. 
I just started talking yeah. to him. I didn't like, I didn't say, oh, David Cronenberg. I just like, yo, you got that Andy Warhol thing. I just like launched right into it. I just assumed that he knew yeah. <laughs> that I knew who he was. And like, yeah. I didn't even introduce myself. I'm just like this random dude stealing ice cream. And so it's just like, <laughs> yo, you got the Andy Warhol thing. I just launched into it, whatever. And uh, yeah. he was with some family there. And they were kind of like annoyed that he was kind of like on the clock or whatever. Like, you know, it was supposed yeah, to be yeah. like dad time. And I'm like, ah, yeah, sorry, sorry, right? Yeah, but it was all relaxed and it was sunny and I was having ice cream and I was just talking about Andy Warhol and so the family was kind of pulling Cronenberg away and so it just kind of came yeah. out and I just said to him, "Well, thanks for talking to me. Smell you later," and he just looked at me and like Cronenberg is not a smell you later director. You know what I mean? There's other <laughs> no. like if you're hanging with Kevin Smith or something, you could do smell you later, and it just came yeah. out and I was like, "Oh damn!" So I'm like, "All right." So I haven't met Cronenberg since and I think that's good. I think we'll just let it go. I'm like. That's- hilarious <laughs> oh my god because i don't even know what i would do if i meet because i hear like you know in the before times he would kind of show up places and he'd be lurking in the you know in the background mm-hmm. and and you kind of see him you're like oh my god that's cronenberg you know yeah and you're like do i do i or should i or so that's hilarious <laughs> I just like, launched right into it you later. <laughs> <laughs> no professionals and then i had to smell you later which just totally nope. ruined it so i'm like all right i love it i love that that's amazing and now you know what that's you that's your personality and you're like ain't gonna leave it raw <laughs> yeah i know so i love it if he ever shows up again at tiff or something i ran into him i'm like yo i'm smell you later dude i'm pretty sure nobody else has like told you that like you gotta remember me <laughs> exactly that's right? hilarious oh that's amazing oh my god but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not met anybody in the last little bit. Oh wait, I lie. I've been doing um, some interviews and stuff. I I got um in I got uh, accepted into the African American Film Critics Association. Oh, nice. So, yeah, we were able to like interview, like do like Zoom interviews with um, different directors. So that's like kind of wicked. Yeah. Who have you um, talked to? Yeah. Who did I talk to? I talked to the guy, his name is Remy Weeks, and he's coming out with a movie on Netflix on Halloween mm-hmm. called His House. It's, yes. It's yeah. His House. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's like an immigration type movie or something, right? Yeah, it's like a, a haunted house immigration movie. Mm-hmm. It was so good. He was so lovely. And then we talked to, you know, the Blumhouse, the movies that came out? Yeah, on Amazon, the, yeah. that little package yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we got to talk to those directors. They were really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like, oh my God. I Normally, it's so weird with COVID because normally you would have to go to a junket. Mm-hmm. But now that they're doing them online, I'm more willing to go to like a press day or a junket. Mm-hmm. Because I could, I don't have to leave my house. I hate leaving my house even yes. before. <laughs> yes, I don't like leaving my house. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway, but I'm a recluse. So <laughs> I know. Well, I was gonna say because it's like it's sad because you and I only hang out once a year, and that's at the annual yes. Blood in the Snow Film Festival. And I know, yes. no, <laughs> I know nobody's hanging out, but we're not gonna hang out at all this year because of the way everything is set up. Yeah, it's so crazy, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're chitter, chitter chattering, so I'm sure you have stuff to do. Yeah, but, well, uh, no, it's yeah. fine. But I mean, like, because I don't even know if I can hang out with you. You just got promoted, right? You're the development director. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're big time now. Yes. You I'm don't have time, time for love. Oh, man. 
You don't have time for people <laughs> like me. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, I thought that was really cool because we're developing like a mentor mentorship lab, mm-hmm. and we're just doing a lot more outreach and just kind of trying to get the festival to a point where we have a, have more diversity mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and just a bit more inclusive and. We're just coming up with different ideas to approach people, you know, young filmmakers, old filmmakers, filmmakers that want to make genre film, but may not feel like they have a place. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's, we're just going for that now. We're just really working on building some partnerships and stuff like that. So that's really dope. Yeah. I, I, we're really, cause Kelly and I have been talking about this for about, I don't know, about a year. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just so weird that with all the kind of civil unrest and stuff that's happening, that now it's to the it's come up to the forefront that we need to make space for POC and BIPOC. So, um, I was just like, okay, so now it's a thing, but mm-hmm. you know, we have been working on it for quite some time. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that it's getting some momentum. Yeah, so yeah. in in every horror movie or most horror movies, right? There's there's a period of mm-hmm. uh, revelation, right, where people finally realize mm-hmm. what's happening. Uh, friends keep disappearing, yeah. and the bodies are piling yeah. up, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so then the cast who survived so far, they have to kind of quickly figure out what's happening and like what to do now and everything like that. So yeah, to get everybody on the same page, kind of like a horror movie revelation. Can you clue in people like what Blood in the Snow <laughs> film festival is? Yes. <laughs> So you want me to clue everybody in? Yeah, because this is the revelation <laughs> okay. part, right? When you realize like, yes. oh yeah, maybe we shouldn't have gone camping at Crystal Lake. This was a bad life decision. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're um Canadian genre film festival. Uh, so we basically feature genre films that have been shot in Canada, have Canadian crew, have a Canadian cast, a director, um, some sort of a Canadian connection so that um, yeah, we just, I just feel like there's not enough focus on Canadian genre film. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though there's a lot of, like, there's a ton of genre stuff being shot here. Like, apparently The Expanse is shot here. Um, American Gods is shot here because I know someone who worked wardrobe for that show. Um, there's like a ton of productions being shot here. Yeah, even back in the day, X Files was shot in Vancouver. Like, yeah, X Files. Supernatural. Um, and if I'm not, yeah, I'm not mistaken. I swear I saw there's that um, series called Mrs. America. I could swear I saw that maybe that it was shot here. Okay. I could be wrong. But yeah. yeah, just like stuff that you never expect is it's being shot here. So and and which is nice, but I think that the creators who, who live here and who want to create here and create genre. I think they really need to be uh, showcased. So that's and I, that's what Kelly, you know, is doing with the uh, Blood and Snow Film Festival. I want to just take a tangent for a moment before we return to the festival. But you mm. recently wrote um, in Hollywood Suite that you were named after mm. a Dark Shadows character. Oh yes, <laughs> I didn't know this. Yes, yeah. Well, that was my mom's favorite soap opera. She's, my mom was a bit of a, she liked uh, the supernatural. She loved scary stories. And um, yeah, she just loved that soap opera. And 
when she kept hearing the name Carolyn, because it was Carolyn Stoddard. It was the matriarch of the show. That was the daughter. Mm -hmm. And she, yeah, so she was, um, I don't know, there's so many kind of story arcs on that show. If you, if you look it up, it's completely insane. They have like all these story arcs. They have like time travel. They have (laughs) um, characters playing their descendants. Like they're playing like someone from the 1800s and the same actors playing uh, a descendant of that character that they played last season. <laughs> it's it's kind of nuts. Uh, there's a lot of story. Um, do you remember a show called Passions? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but Passions was really like tongue-in-cheek and really camp. Mm-hmm. But Dark Shadows wasn't, in a yeah. way. Like, they kind of took themselves seriously until they didn't. But anyway, that's a tangent. But yeah, my mom loved the show, so she named me after uh, the character. <laughs> so you're literally like a day one horror fan. Like, you didn't have a chance. Straight up. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. Yeah. Because we lived in New York uh, when I was a baby. And she liked to watch, like, the late night TV, you know, like the late night cheesy horror movies. Because mm-hmm. I guess I would keep her up as a baby. So we would watch TV together as well. So I think I was literally watching horror movies with a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure she's thinking, ah, this is like going to scar her for life. (laughs) (laughs) Set her on a career path, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And to this day, I, I watch probably horror. I think daily Mm -hmm. I can watch something. The other night uh, I I was, um, I messaged my boyfriend and I'm like, Hey, I, I said, oh, yeah, you know what my bedtime story was? And he's like, what? <laughs> like, hereditary. <laughs> so I was hereditary before bed, and I'm like, night-night. <laughs> no nightmares, nothing. Yeah. So I think it's it's ingrained in me. Yeah. yeah I can't. You have, you have like a yeah. callus or something now. I think so. I have a horror callus. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> Ooh. I kind of miss late-night cable. Because I didn't, because yeah. when I was growing up, we're probably we're roughly around the same age. But it's just like when you're growing up mm-hmm. and you're flipping through TV, you don't have all this background yet, right? Because I grew up before, obviously, before there was internet and all this stuff. So you just find something like some of the Universal yeah. movies, like Dracula or things like that, um, yeah. Blob, all these kind of things, and you're like, I have no idea what this is. And then you stay, and then you're like, What's happening? This is amazing. There's a werewolf. Like this is incredible. Yeah. And I miss that discovery. And I know I appreciate all the Shudder and Netflix and everything that's going on that we have now. And you can sit down and pick anything you want. But I miss that discovery of late night cable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, that's how I got, I learned about like Ray Harryhausen, you know, when you're a yeah. kid and like you're watching like a Saturday afternoon, they'd have like Sinbad on or, you know, um, that those were when I saw the Universal Monsters as well and Godzilla movies, mm-hmm. all the classic Godzilla movies. Those were where I'm like, oh, because I love I love a good monster. Mm-hmm. So just seeing all of those was so much fun, and like discovering that as a kid, mm-hmm. and then you know, and just it just kind of opens your imagination up. So yeah, I do notice though there are some like I think Shutter has uh, a live stream, so you can't click on it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually showing something live. I think there's a few channels now because I, I mean, uh, you know, aside from like TCM, yeah, I, I don't really miss. I don't have cable, and I don't really miss it. 
But um, yeah, I find a lot of the channels now, like the streaming services, they will have something live. And I don't know if they're trying to kind of capture that feeling where you just turn it on and see what's on, you know, yeah. and then try to figure out what the movie is. Because that's what I like to do. Like I would put on TCM <laughs> and I know, like a you game know, show? they would tell you. Yeah, like you'd be like, oh, what is that movie? That yeah. looks like, you know, Peter Cushing or Vincent Price. Well, what is that movie? And then you try and look it up. Like, I kind of like that discovery. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. I do miss the kind of the cable thing. <laughs> yeah, because, like, that's how I found, like, Blackula, for example. You know what I mean? And you're oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know, I'm just at the stage where I'm like, all right, I know what vampires are. And I know, like, Dracula. And I'm like, what's happening yes. with this? And you don't have any cultural, like, background, right, to put it no. into context, right? And it's like a black vampire? What? What's happening? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so, yeah. You just, and then, like, yeah. You just get dropped. You get basically parachuted into this world. You're like, you got to fend for yourself. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> this seems like a re- weird world, but I'm going to hang out yeah. here. Yeah. And then they, you realize that there's this huge, like, there's this whole background behind the film or like um, Sugar Hill or like, I know that I, know that I, I discovered a lot too. Um, just, I mean, going to the video store, which I missed so mm. much. I miss going to the video store. I know there's, um, I live closer to say eyesore cinema, which is around, uh, like the Lord Dufferin yeah. in Toronto. Um, I live closer to them than I do, um, like day video. So, you know, if I, if I am in the area, I, I wouldn't mind like stopping by. I don't leave my apartment now <laughs> for obvious reasons, Yes, but yeah, like I do miss going to the video store and, discovering that sort of thing and and like um suspect video you know yeah, with yeah. lewis and the gang and mm-hmm. like just chatting movies mm-hmm. with them yeah. and he's like hey you know look at this you know mm-hmm. try this movie out yeah yeah like i said i i appreciate obviously shutter and netflix and all the mm-hmm. things that we have now it's uh, it's fine and it's great and stuff but there is like this is a crude analogy so i apologize up front but there's a yeah. there's a there's like a booty call aspect to Netflix, right? Where like you just kind of go on Netflix and like you up, right? And yeah. You watch what you want to watch and then you leave, right? The new, yeah. uh, new season Stranger Things shows up, so you watch that and then you leave, right? And yeah. Like, I'll be yeah. back later, baby. Right? I need when I need you, I need you. Netflix is always up, okay? Yeah, I know. That's the, I know. They don't need up. no eggplant emoji or anything. Whereas, like, what we're talking about with, like, um, you know, like, late night cable and, um, yes, yeah, so, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like you, you meet somebody and you're kind of going on a date and you're like, I don't know what this movie is, but I'll stay for a little yeah. bit. I'll watch 20 minutes and, like, you yeah. know, can you tell me a funny story? All right, I'll give you a second date. You know what I mean? You watch a sequel or something. That kind of yes. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. It is that sense of discovery and, like, something new and... I guess it's just kind of because the streaming service, I mean, thankfully they're so readily available like right now, but mm-hmm. yeah, I did this, uh, like there was a blockbusters, uh, in the junction where yeah. I used to live mm-hmm. and, uh, we used to go there. My sister and I used to, uh, <laughs> go there in our pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> you are a homebody. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> I really am. Like we, had to, especially the winter was the best. Cause we just throw a parker over our pajamas yeah. <laughs> yes. and we would go there 
And then there's this big guy that used to work there, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, those two crazy <laughs> sisters. Like, here comes Grey Gardens, you know? Yes. <laughs> we come, like, shuffling in yes. to get our movies, and, and then and he goes, hey, have you seen that one? Or, like, he used to, uh, you know, direct me to the sale bid because he's like, oh, dude, you know, there's this movie's on sale, you should buy it. <laughs> and it's like four ninety nine or something, so I'd buy it. And, I, you know, his recommendation was always really good. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. So I just, I do miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sticking with your background, mm-hmm. you are Trini, uh, is that correct? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> why, why are you laughing? Oh, no, I'm like, oh, wow. Are you, is that your background? Or no, you I'm from I'm here? from Scarborough, so I've hung out with like, a number of people that are <laughs> Trini. Uh, and this is what I'm getting at, like... Why are, why, are you la- why are you laughing? We're, we're getting oh to the good God, stuff now. Okay, we're getting to the good stuff. Okay. Right? Uh, well, because <laughs> yeah. also, too, like, you know, I mean, like, if people don't see the photo on the show notes or whatever, they just I'm just establishing yeah. your background. Um, yes, yes. So, being from Trinidad, being Trini, um, yes, yes. That, that background, does it influence or literally kind of color the way you view horror? Because the islands are known for their superstitions and their folklore. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right? Oh That's what I'm God. getting at. Yeah. Yes. It's a oh legitimate my God, question. My mother, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, no, because it's funny. I'll walk into a place and if there's another Trini in there, they'll be like, the Trini radar goes off. Yeah. They're like, Trini, 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 Trini. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, like, no, I'm telling you, Trini radar is real. Anyway. <laughs> For sure, I know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because my grandmother and my mother used to tell us stories about um, uh, La, La Jablesse, which is like a, a like a devil-type woman. That they would tell us that the Jablesse would come after us if we didn't go to sleep. Or, um, <laughs> That's a yeah, classic. Like all kinds of, yeah, classic. If you don't go to sleep, the, the Jablesse will come get you. Um, um, and that's like a play, that's like a, a, a I guess, a patois for Diablesse, which is like a devil-like, creature right mm-hmm. what else uh they used to oh my grandmother had this thing for secret societies <laughs> she, <laughs> she said um my <laughs> sorry it's so absurd but she said that my her my grandfather would say oh there's people there you write a letter and leave it on your ta- kitchen table at night and then um, I think it's like you're making a deal with these secret societies and you write what you want and then the letter's gone the next day and and then you will get what you want, but then they're going to come for your soul or something, <laughs> but, you know, but stuff like that. And yeah. there, my parents were, my family was really Catholic. So mm-hmm. then there's the Catholic part of it as well. So, you know, the devil was real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was on a podcast uh, a while ago and they basically use the exorcist as a a, a, a religious learning tool. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, "Ooh, what happens? You get possessed. Yeah. You got to be good girls." Because <laughs> my my parents, it was all girls, right? Yeah. So they didn't want girls gone wild. So it was like we <laughs> lived behind the iron curtain. So <laughs> very strict. They liked the folklore. Oh my god! Now you're. I'm not. I can't even remember half of the folklore stuff that they used to say used to tell us a lot of ghosts a lot of um 
uh, um, my mother apparently was a little bit psychic too. This I believe because she used to know all kinds of stuff I did, <laughs> which See, I won't get into. But yeah, this is what I was getting she at because the yeah. the islands, like I said, are known for their superstitions and their folklore. And it's yeah. funny that like white culture, I guess, for lack of a better term, just mm-hmm. has your kind of general urban myths, right? The monkey's paw, yes. the hook man, Bloody Mary. Yeah, it's basically all the mm-hmm. first season of Supernatural right yes <laughs> that's yes. kind of like white culture and the the island stuff you're talking about too like they're not just like scary they're like cultural horror is terrifying yes it is and you know i just remember my grandmother said um i remember she said she lived in on a several islands like she was born in saint lucia and then she lived in trinidad she lived in tobago because my grandfather traveled a lot he worked for the oil companies so um, my, my dad was born in Aruba. So they lived in like different islands in the West Indies. And she was always, you know, she'd always tell her children, don't listen to the drums. If you oh, hear yes. drumming, <laughs> yeah. then that's, it's, that's it's a bad sign. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's over for you. <laughs> yeah. So like, what? cause she used to like, oh, talk all kinds of stuff to us uh, just to scare the crap out of us. And I'd be like, how is she talking about? <laughs> and then, like, you know, you start watching movies that are, that kind of culturally appropriate voodoo and that. And I'm like, oh, that's what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's kind of a, kind of a, a, a watered down version of what I guess she was talking about. Because she kind of lived it. Because maybe that drumming was real. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably was real. Yeah, it comes for you, right? <laughs> that's it. Once you hear yeah. it, it's over. Yeah. You go into a trance and walk off and yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. A number of, I have a couple of Trini friends and it's like they're, it, growing up in Toronto, it's very similar background, right? Like Doctor Ooh. Who on TVO and. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the grandma stories and like, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. a very like kind of template experience. But yeah, and like to, for them, the devil is is very real. It's very real, and it can manifest in many different ways. So that's what I find really fascinating about that is that uh, for me, I think I believed it for the longest time because that was our discipline, right? Was mm-hmm. good and evil, and you have to be good. Um, my grandmother, we were good kids, by the way. We weren't like any abnormally bad. Sure. But my grandmother would be like, oh, you all are the, the devil's children. <laughs> and to me, that was like the biggest insult. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm the devil's child. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was like that whole manifestation of good and evil for them was like a big thing, you know? Mm. So yeah, it's kind of fascinating that you bring that up. I never really thought about that. <laughs> well, I was, the reason I brought it up too is cause like you have a focus and a passion mm. Mm. on horror and sci-fi, but through a, through a lens of people of color. Right. Yeah. And so I was wondering if, if your background partly influenced that, or is it just, you're trying to help like black people survive <laughs> to the end of the horror movie, basically. <laughs> I think it's both, you know, Um, I do want to see like, um, yeah, just, I want to see our own representation of horror and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a a get out or, you know what I mean? Something that's really politically and sociopolitically charged, even though it will end up being that because of the point of view, Mm -hmm. but it would just, it's just nice to see, um, 
you know, like um, the movie Black Box, yeah. which was part of the Blumhouse thing. On Amazon, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, he's a young black father. He's a professional, you know, and uh, he's trying to raise his daughter. And it really isn't an issue. But to me, it was really important to see, like, his best friend's a doctor. You know, he goes to a, a black female doctor scientist mm-hmm. who, you know, has, she's had a family as well. Like, it's just kind of nice to see a generational buildup of, of black people in, in STEM, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, it just to me, it really spoke to me because I'm like, oh, this is happening and even though it's not a big deal, it's a big deal, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I think that's what I like seeing. So part of your job of seeing things is, of course, being a programmer at Blood in the Snow. We eventually got to get back yes. to that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so this year's lineup is uh, 10 feature films, four mm-hmm. short programs, and it's over 11 uh, nights. And what's interesting yeah. is... A lot of film festivals, the last, uh, especially this year because of COVID and all their circumstances, have gone digital. You guys are doing something mm-hmm. a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So um, we have uh, partnered up with a super channel, which you can access through your Amazon account um, or uh, Apple TV. Um, and you, it's a subscription service. So, uh, yeah, we're showing the films through them. Mm-hmm. And they've been really great. And basically, uh, you know, I was talking to Kelly the other day and we're like, you know, it really is like the festival is happening in its entirety because um, not only do you get to see the film, but there's also Mm Q&As after the screenings. So you'll get to see like a conversation with the directors about, you know, just a little bit about the film afterwards. We've got... um, um, our, our awards, we've got the bloodies as well on the, um, final night, which is November the 7th. So you'll get to see our bloodies and you can see the nominations, uh, on, uh, bloodinthesnow.ca. And yeah, so it's basically, it's a full festival. It's just on super channel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think that's kind of neat. You can yeah. En- yeah. You can enjoy it in your own home. Mm-hmm. Um, and no pants. Yeah, no pants, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> we are kin, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I actually, I've had Super Channel for a little bit now, and I, I like the programming, um, and I love that we're part of it, and it's so accessible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just think it's, I think it, it just kind of, it was a great opportunity, and I'm just so happy that, that we went with it. And Kelly's really pleased with how everything's been uh, unfolding. Super Channel has been really great. I just, I can only say great things. It's, it's so wonderful. And I think the filmmakers are really happy. So mm-hmm. yeah. And we've got some like um, really excellent films. Like uh, um, there's one for like zombie enthusiasts um, called Hall. Yeah, and that's on October thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about any of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah. yeah. So keep going with Hall. What do you have yeah. to say? Yeah. So Hall is so awesome. Um, yeah, it's. I don't want to say too too much, but basically, it's place in a hotel, and it's it's a great use of sets 
It's mm-hmm. a great use. It's a great, it has great atmosphere. Yeah, I was going to say um, that. Yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. performances are, are just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I'm a big person. I like to see color in film. And I really like the use of color in this film, too. So check that one out. That's on October 30th. Um, we also have uh, Parallel Minds, which yeah. is really cool. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Uh, let me just say that I like this director a lot. Um, Benjamin Ross Hayden. Yes. He did a film called um, The Northlander. Mm-hmm. And that was my, I think that was his first film. And that was my introduction to him because uh, I, I uh, had seen it during Imaginative um can't many how can't remember how many years ago, but it was such a stunning film. It was stunningly shot. It was hugely diverse, and I'm like, this is the future of like BIPOC sci-fi fantasy film. And I I was crossing my fingers that I would see another film by this director. And lo and behold, <laughs> <laughs> when we saw Parallel Minds, I'm like, we need this film now. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's really cool. It's um, about AI. Um, it's about, like, memory. Uh, it's just really cool. And there's a bit of a, a murder mystery as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a really well... It's a beautiful film, too. Like, great effects. So highly recommend that one. What date is that one? That was November the 6th. So. That fulfills what you were talking about before. Um, the Ooh. director, Benjamin Ross Hayden, he's a Métis director. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's also he from is, Calgary yes. too. <laughs> we also get yes. a lot of film directors from Calgary, so he's a twofer, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, and that and kind of I'm what you're so talking happy. about before. Is it? Anyway, I'm so happy he a came out with another film, and b we get to show it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think that was one of my like <laughs> when I saw it come in. So um, yeah, and then oh, our closing film is Come True. I don't know if you've seen that one. Has been doing a festival circuit. That one I have but, not seen um, yet. No. Oh, it is so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. I'm not gonna like spoil it. Yeah. That one's on closing night at nine PM. And then we have the bloodies after that. So should be a good um, time. Yeah. That's all I can tell you is that one is really creepy okay. as all get out. So it is really creepy. Like I, you know me, mm-hmm. as I told you, I watch hereditary <laughs> before I go to bed. This one kind of gave me the creeps. Because um, one of my, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little insight. One of my uh, phobias is being uh, like driving at night on a road that has no lights, like yeah. no street lamp. Yeah, yeah. And all you've got is your headlight mm-hmm. because you can't see what's ahead of you. And this film has a lot of that. And okay. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a lot of dark and uh, running around in the dark and mm-hmm. stuff. So that really freaked me out a bit. Yeah. Uh, you guys also have a, do- a documentary, uh, Hail to the Deadites. Yes. And that's Halloween night. And that movie is a lot of fun because it just, you know, there's people out there that love horror, but then there are people who are devoted to a particular film. Mm-hmm. And that's what this film is about. It's like one of the biggest cult films. And, um, Basically, um, the director, uh, Steve Villeneuve, he just follows the the fans who love this film like it's a part of their life, you know? And it's a really fun film. There's a lot of charm to it. Um, 
yeah, it's it's a great film. I think it's all I can say. It's a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. a great film. You get to see fans, and I feel like you, you you see people who are just like you and I who love horror so much, mm-hmm. and like you know, even people who collect like memorabilia from the film. You you kind of like, oh my god, they got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, like you kind of because you want the stuff from your favorite films, right? Mm-hmm. So I just think I think there's a lot of charm to it. So. And Steve's a really nice guy, too, the director. He's a lovely guy. Yeah. yeah. Evil Dead is one of those things where, like, it kind of came out, and then nobody knew what to do with it, and, like, it just, mm-hmm. kinda, you know what I mean? It was a weird movie, and um, but it's kind of really grown into this, like, little cottage industry now, right? There's, like, a TV oh, show, yeah. right? All those kind of things. And it still, it still has one of the scariest themes I've ever... I don't know if I could actually... I would have to fast-forward through it. There's another insight. Um, it's when... Um, is it his sister? She's coming up from the the cellar. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kinda, that freaks me out. Yeah, like yeah. I have to say, that one scene really gets me every time I see it because it's just so effective. Mm-hmm. And and you know it's like a low budget film. Yeah, yeah. But that one kicks my ass. So oh, can I say that? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, so I should have told you up front. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the similar to that, not for me, but like I saw Scream Two in uh, the theaters. I saw mm-hmm. it opening weekend. Mm-hmm. And you know that scene where uh, Nev Campbell um, is in the uh, police car and then the killer obviously kills the cop and then the car crashes. Yeah. And so you realize, yeah. and the audience realizes at the same time as Nev does, that she has to climb over the killer to get out because you can't get out through the back doors because it's a police car. Yeah. And so yeah. when she realizes that and the killer's unconscious in the front and you know he's going to jump. He's no, he's gonna move. So she starts to kind of slowly go over the couch uh, in the front there and trying to get into the front and trying to climb over the killer Ooh. without disturbing him. And of course, Ooh. the audience is just losing it because it's just so much tension, and you know he's gonna jump. And there was uh, a woman in our couple of rows ahead of me. She couldn't take it anymore, and she got up and she goes, "Bitch, you're on your own!" And she left the theater. <laughs> <laughs> she never came back. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't handle. She hated it, so oh. she never came back either. So, I was hey, like, yeah. Listen, <laughs> everyone has a moment where, like, I can't deal with they this. Get that moment. <laughs> yes. you, you know what you made me think of? Just I went to see um, The Exorcist Three, mm-hmm. right in theater. Yeah, and we went. Oh my god! I don't even know why we brought my friend. My friend. Um, I was like, I'm going to say in my early 20s. And my friend at the time, she was probably in her 40s. And she's like, sure, I'll go with you girls to see a movie. So go see The Exorcist (laughs) (laughs) 3. When did that movie come out? Am I misquoting my age? Um, Anyway, so she, we're sitting there. And you know the scene with the scissors? Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) she's that scene, she goes, I'll meet you in the lobby. <laughs> yeah. out. You're on your own. And she, yeah. And I'm like, Alona. And she was like, no, no, no. So I went out. I'm like, are you okay? She goes, yeah, yeah, I'll go. You girls, just go. <laughs> you, you watch the movie. So we, I, I had to finish the movie. Sorry, I'm a horror hound. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a, a moment like that. She was like, okay, I'll see you in the lobby. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for somebody who's always writing about uh, horror and film, uh, like you've written for like uh, Rue Morgue, 
Um, yes. You've written for Hollywood Suite, a number of other places. How are you balancing the past with the, the present, right? Because the past obviously has a lot of good stuff. Uh, we've already kind of touched mm-hmm. upon like Exorcist and Scream and some other like classics. Um, and it's the same thing right now with sci-fi where there's a lot of good stuff that's happening in sci-fi. But there's also a lot mm-hmm. of classics as well. So how are you mm-hmm. kind of balancing like spending time in the past and revisiting things and enjoying past things versus like looking for new things and enjoying the present? Um, I don't know. I, I think... I mean, I have my favorite, and sometimes, even with the past stuff, I have my favorite. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes I'll go for that. Um, I think, for me, I, I just have to feel passionately about something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in order for me to write about it. Um, I can do, I can easily crank out a review, um, you know, if I'm, say, asked to cover a film. Absolutely, I can cover a film and I can pick out, you know, I can be very objective about it. But if it's something that I kind of want to um, cover, like say for Hollywood Suite and they kind of give me a selection, uh, I, I want to feel passionate about that thing because I want to m- put that effort in. And I, wanna, I want people to see what I see in it and why I like it so much. Like I just wrote about Event Horizon. Oh, and, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie was so good. It's so underrated, um, you know, and it's just a great, scary space film. Yeah. <laughs> and there, um, there's like this huge Hellraiser theme running, you know, undercurrent. It's so obvious, but it's not like it's stealing from Clive Barker. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of, I feel like it's also almost an extension of that world. So that's why I wanted to write about it because I feel like, I mean, Paul, I call Clive Barker Uncle Clive. <laughs> if I love somebody, I'm going to call them uncle. Okay. So I call Lawrence. I call Lawrence Fishburne Uncle Larry. Yes. <laughs> and I call Lance Heinrichsen Lance Heinrichsen Uncle Lancey. Okay. So Uncle Clive, he's 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 my family. You know, my horror family. Mm-hmm. But um, I've never met him or anything. But he's yeah, yeah he's just the coolest. But uh, yeah, like you know. I have to feel very passionate about something. Um, what was the last um, new thing that I felt passionate about? Just trying to think. My brain is like, uh, let me look up. Oh, I reviewed like a quirky little film called The Planters. What's that one? It's just this weird little indie film. And it's done by these two women. And they're the cast, the crew. They're the directors. They basically did everything. Mm-hmm. and um super indie yeah yes yeah, super indie and it was adorable and it's a type of film that you need to see now where if you're kind of tired of you know like pandemic documentaries and you, <laughs> you know you just it's too much coming in you're overstimulated mm-hmm. this little film they shot it in the desert it's really colorful it's fun it's weird it's funny um <laughs> So something like that. And I just, I, you know, if I'm being sent like a, a screener or being solicited by a PR company, you know, I want to make sure that I have like a, a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was, uh, I just got sent this movie. I'm not even going to say what it was. It's just, it was horrible. And I can't, like, I just, I, I couldn't write about it. Cause I'm like, I can't even, <laughs> if it's really bad, I'm not going to, because I don't like saying bad things about 
a film that someone has worked on. They've hired a crew. Mm -hmm. They've hired actors. They put their all into it. And just because it doesn't fit my standards. Yeah. I don't, you know, so I tend to write about films that there's something I like about, unless it's pure laziness, (laughs) then I will point it out. Like I will point it out. But if you can tell, like, even though the film is just horrible and people have put all their heart into it, I'm not going to trash it. I'm not. That's it's fair. Just, I don't feel right doing that. Yeah. Because I didn't make any film. They made a film. That's true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so then from your perspective, then, what makes a horror classic a classic then? Um, what, um, I think it's just, it kind of uh, sears itself in your in your mind, I think. Um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It just kind of, it, it, it's, it's the imagery. It's like, I mean, I know I keep saying like, um, Ari, Ari Aster has a very good knack for giving you that imagery. Mm-hmm. It may not make sense to everyone, but he's got a knack for giving you these images that you can't like wash out of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you'll yeah. never forget them. Like, they, they have to present you with, like, an, an unforgettable image. Or, like, Black Swan, mm-hmm. you know, unforgettable. Even um, uh, the new Bloom, Bloom House, unforgettable imagery in a, a film called Nocturne. Oh, Beautiful yeah. imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, even, um, I have to say, um, for the sake of Vicious, uh, we're playing that. Mm-hmm. That imagery unforgettable like you 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 won't forget that film um and also um come true like that imagery you won't forget and i think that's what to me makes a classic and it's also the way it makes you feel too mm-hmm. it just gives you like a, a um yeah i don't know i guess it it, it brings up an emotion as well I think that's what a classic is. And it could be like, you know, oh my God, I love this film or this film really scares the crap out of me. And I I don't know. I think maybe that's what makes a classic for me. Yeah. And one of the emotions you're talking about, like what, especially when you write about horror films, is, Mm -hmm. is that emotion nostalgia? Yeah, I think sometimes. Yes. Because then you kind of go back and you, you look at the film and you're like, Oh yeah, that's why I love this film. Um, like uh, a, a podcast that I co-host, uh, we talk about films with um, Ashley Blackwell. She's a friend of mine, and we talk about films that we just love. and And it's so funny. We talked about um, a Whoopi Goldberg film, Jumping Jack Flash. Oh yeah, and yes. from the eighties. And I remember renting that movie, and we just loved that movie. And I can't tell you the response we got from that film, like we've been, we've got like maybe, it's a new podcast, so we've got maybe six or seven episodes. What's the name of the podcast? Plug it properly. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's called Really Melanated with Ashley and Carolyn. <laughs> and um, yeah, we just talk about, we're, it's, our tagline is we're two horror aunties that yes. talk about the films we love. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm saying. Plug it properly. Yes. Yeah. Get yes. to the horror yes. aunties part. Yes. Yeah, and we're on Apple, um, we're on Spotify, um, and we're on our hosting website, Podbean. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and we just, the, 
just because of Jumping Jack Flash. And I think the amount of nostalgia that that film brought up uh, for people, like when they're like, oh my God, I remember this film. Like it was really, it was really sweet to see how many people actually forgot about the film and then ended up watching it again because we talked about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's what's really great about being nostalgic about a film is that you revisit it, you see what you loved about it, maybe see what you're like, eh, it doesn't quite work the same way, you know? But it's there, you know, and the film is there and it's kind of in your history of film viewing. (laughs) Yeah, it's what we were talking about before with your childhood and stuff, like with late night cable and all these kind of things. It's like you don't realize you're making these choices that like for like both of us set us off in this direction. Do you know what I mean? Like you just like this movie look like Blackula or something looks interesting. (laughs) And you just kind of sit and you just start watching it and you don't realize it's going to form a larger firmament for your mind and where you're going to go and who you're going to become. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, yes, I, I really like movies that when the cat survives, so okay. in horror, like yeah. um, I believe wasn't it Cat's Eye? Was that with Drew Barrymore when she's a? Oh yeah. And the cat was the cat was a hero. Mm-hmm. So I'm just want to say, people who don't like cats, cats can be heroes, even though mine are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> no, my they're my children, my All children. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I also like films with cats that save people or the cats survive mm-hmm. the end. We haven't got a <laughs> creepy cat movie for a while now, have we? I can't think of anything recent. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything either. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, the remake of Pet Cemetery, but eh. yeah, I, yeah. I heard that cat passed away too. Poor thing. Oh, one of the cats. That oh, was, this is like yeah. the poltergeist curse, basically. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a beautiful cat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. As we wrap up here, uh, like, when are you going to sit down and like write a book or direct a documentary or something? Like, <laughs> what's this plan here? Like, you're writing a lot. Oh man, you have a lot of opinions. You have a lot of uncles and aunties. Like, what's <laughs> happening? Like, you have all the connections now. I know. Oh my god, I don't even know. You know, I'm not sure. Um, honestly, yeah, I just like writing about film and. And sharing it, yeah. I mean, it just I write a lot on my on my website. I do, you know, other bits and bobs. I just like enjoy doing that. If someone has a chapter they want written, sure, I'll write it. <laughs> I don't know about a whole book. That takes a lot of brain power, which I don't know if I have right now. <laughs> yes. uh, I have the I have the quarantine uh, brown sludge in my head. So. <laughs> okay. You did pretty you find good for that this. A having trouble concentrating like just because you're i guess i need to change up my scenery a bit i don't know but yeah yeah there i don't know there's a groundhog day quality to every day now right yeah we're, we're like yeah like i had to schedule this like i had to put a google alert for this because i don't always know when monday <laughs> is you know what i mean <laughs> and google's like not only you have to call carolyn right now but it's also monday i'm like oh two pieces yes, of information exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, it's so true. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see what comes. I'll say, um, you know, even though it's been quarantine, it's been a really insane year for people, mm-hmm. at least like I'm, I'm kind of grateful that I've had the time to write and 
to focus on the festival a bit more and to help Kelly. Because let me just say that Kelly, Michael Stewart, the festival director, he and his uh, partner, Sarah, they have knocked it out of the park for this festival. They have worked so hard. Um, and all the other programmers as well, um, Jason, Kirk, Melanie, um, like it was so great working with them. But Kelly and Sarah have really locked it down because, you know, it's a new thing. The virtual festival is a new thing for everybody this year. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm really appreciative of everything they've done. So that's why people need to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> October 28th, to November the 7th. Where, what's the website for the Blood and Snow so they can get more details and more information? Um, sure. It is www.bloodandthesnow.ca. It's 10 feature films, four short programs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, October 28th to November 7th. So there's a lot of stuff to check yep. out. A lot. Oh, and we'll have, um, we're going to have some industry panels as well. So um, any of the filmmakers, anybody that's um, listening and that um, is a filmmaker or um, is part of the industry, uh, there's more information on the website about that as well. So, yeah. Not just this year, but in general, Kelly and his mm-hmm. team, including yourself, Jen, a whole bunch mm-hmm. of people that I know at Blood and Soul, yeah. you guys have been doing a fantastic job over many years now. Like, you've really built up the festival to this point. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, congratulations on that. And I know this was a trying year, but this is an interesting experiment. So, I want to see where this goes and how you guys yeah, can absolutely. Uh, go from here. Yeah, and it's, it's so good. I think that the team is so... We work so well together, and I'm just really, I'm just really grateful that everybody's so great. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I hope everybody enjoys the festival online this year. Yeah. And uh, what is your website, or where can people find you online to talk about uh, Doctor Who or Green oh, of Trinity yes. or <laughs> or I guess um, whatever else you write about or think yeah. about. Um, you can, my website is called viewfromthedark.ca mm-hmm. and I just, you know, post uh, reviews and stuff. Um, and then my Twitter is VFDPixie, uh, View from the Dark Pixie. Um, and yeah, you can just, I don't, I usually retweet. Sometimes I'll retweet something or I'll tweet something random and then no one sees it, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> clearly it's fine you clearly let it go I don't care but I don't care <laughs> like I love it because I'm like oh my head's on fire and it's like no likes <laughs> <laughs> I actually really don't like Twitter to be honest it's, I feel like it's um, overstimulation mm-hmm. and I actually I'm only on it because I like to retweet people's you know like um, for instance reviews of the films that we have for the festival or friends posting things or I'm a part of um, um, anatomy of a screen. They have a pod squad. So we'll be launching some people's podcasts. And so I like to retweet stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in what's happening around my world, <laughs> <laughs> then check my Twitter feed out. It's not the, usually I don't tweet anything coherent anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Way to sell it. There you go. That's how yeah, you plug I know, it. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, last question: uh, Who's your favorite doctor out of the, the many Doctor Who's? Oh, oh, that is an amazing question! Oh my gosh! Okay, so this is like a two pronged. Um, I figured this okay. is a big one. Yeah, 
Go for yeah, it. What you got? Okay. So Tom Baker is my number one. That's childhood, and right? Childhood. Yeah. Because he, okay, so um, just like a little kind of black girl self-discovery. So I didn't know my hair was curly until uh, a long, like, like when I was basically able to do my own hair. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it's like 12, 13, because if you're West Indian, your mother is in charge of your hair for a long time. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> she's in charge of your hair. So, like, when I was a kid, wash the hair. It was, like, Sunday night with hair washing night. Put your head in the tub or whatever. And the, she gives you a bath, washes your hair, blow dries it with torture, and then puts in a tight braid. And that braid, the, the two long pigtails lasted the entire week. It's like, if your friends try to undo your hair, you get in trouble. <laughs> anyway, the whole thing. <laughs> yes. So, um, when I saw Tom <laughs> Baker's hair... Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's kind of a weird identity thing, but I'm like, his hair is so beautiful and curly. Like, that was the thing that I focused on was his hair because mm-hmm. it was beautiful. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, don't break her. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Then, um, you know, I, you know, kind of go back and then I'm watching Dog Soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. And Sean Pertwee. And I'm like, where do I know that name? I don't know that name. I look it up. He's the son of the, the Doctor Who. What the hell is his first name? Um, the the white-haired Doctor Who. Oh, shoot. Now I'm going to get brain fart too now. See, this is the, yeah. uh, the brain sludge you were talking about. Yeah. Keep going. It'll yeah. come. It'll come. Uh, no, I can't. Yeah, it'll come. Just keep going. Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm looking it up now. Okay. John Pertwee. John Pertwee. That's it. There you go. Thank you. Okay. That was yes. miserable. Yeah, and thank he, you. I think he was like my my second favorite because of his son, and I'm a huge fan of his son, who was also in Event Horizon mm-hmm. and Dog Soldiers and like all of this other horror, these other horror movies. So yeah, I don't know. Those are my two favorite um, doctors. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at a picture of Tom Baker now. Oh my god! Lucy has a full head of hair. He just looks like someone's grandmother. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I going to hell for that? Sorry. No, no. He's cute okay. and kind and whatever. He like he looks like somebody yeah. you would like. He also needs to be told that like it's Monday as well. Do you know what I mean? Like he looks a little like yes. distracted, like senior distracted. <laughs> That's why I like, and I think I like that he was kind of kooky because my dad was kind of kooky as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an artist. He was like absent-minded, and my mother was like, "Don't marry an artist." <laughs> and so, like, he he was just kind of always a little scattered. So I think that the Tom Baker, Doctor Who, also made me think of my dad, was kind of kooky, and yeah. So mm. I think that's, that's a little bit of it, too. What about you? What, who are your favorites? So like you, um, it's the same thing on TVO, uh, the Ooh. Doctor Who would be on. And that actually, too, was part... I didn't realize it until it was, like, much later, but, like, that was also kind of feeding into the horror Cause it was, it's it, Doctor Who supposed to be a children's show or like young people show or whatever. It's pretty terrifying in parts. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, so definitely, I grew up with like uh, some of the Tom Baker stuff, uh, and then as I got older too, I like some of the Matt Smith stuff, the Matt Smith run. Uh, yes. That was a lot of fun, and that was like proper like adult sci-fi. And now I'm like old enough to appreciate it, and like there's a crack in the universe. I'm like, oh no! <laughs> so let's let's <laughs> fix this. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's weird. I haven't watched it since there was a female doctor. I really, I need to catch up on that. Because mm-hmm. I, I did not like, what was his name? Um, the Scottish doctor. David Tennant? What was his name? Or the one before it? Uh, I don't know. Oh my God. Was it? No, not David Tennant. Um, the one before the female doctor. What was his name? Oh, Peter Cabaldi. Yes. The, I that like was the other older actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like him as a doctor. I felt like um, he was too busy. I don't know how to put it, but it was like he was too busy. There was too much crabbiness. There was, he was over the top, mm-hmm. and I couldn't focus on him, and I, I had to stop watching. And I loved it because he had a little, um, his uh, uh, assistant was this young black woman who was queer, right? Yeah. And I really wanted to watch it for her, but I could not tolerate him. <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Um, and then I totally tapped out and I need to revisit it because of the, the, um, the female doctor. So I need to go back. Yeah. Peter's, uh, he, he was a bit of a struggle and I, I struggled with him too at the beginning. Yeah, but his stories got better, like the the Doctor Who stories, and that's what I kind of focused on. I just kind of put him aside, and then just like the stories themselves kind of got more engaging, and that was a lot more okay. tolerable. So okay, it takes a while to like it is like it's a lot of effort and work. It's a chore uh, to get, but the stories are enjoyable and they're a lot more fun. So if you just kind of substitute like Tom Baker or somebody else in there, uh, and just kind <laughs> okay. of ignore him and just kind of focus yeah. on like the TARDIS and all the adventures, then you're fine. Yeah, okay. Oh, and there's Christopher Eccleston, too. I got to give him a, an honorable mm-hmm. shout out, too. I liked him. He was very dark. Yeah. He was like one of the darker doctors. So, yeah. Oh, my God. We, we're talking too much about Doctor Who. We're such nerds, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've taken up a lot of your time. I apologize, too. Like, no, I'm yeah, fine. I just yeah. feel like I'm taking up yours. We're just like babbling <laughs> about Doctor Who. I love it. I well, love it. We covered quite a bit, though. We covered uh, yeah, the Trini we did, background. Yeah. Uh, we covered <laughs> Doctor Who, and we covered that Blood in the Snow runs from October 28 to November 7 yeah. Um, yeah. on the Super Channel. And uh, so there's lots of stuff there. And uh, that's it. I think we covered. Yeah, I don't think great. there's anything else that we need to cover. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I hope I wasn't too skittish. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm uh, squirrely. I'm like, human contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this pandemic is killing us, man. <laughs> Mentally, I think. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. There's a there's a certain point I think where some people are just not going to be able to come back, like uh, like go back to human contact. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. Like I don't want to go back to an office job. Mm-hmm. I do not want to go into an office. I am not doing it. Sorry. Yeah, and I find that now people don't know how to do like small talk or whatever. They're like, "Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Everything's doomed. How's it going with you?" <laughs> Oh my god! Do you do stand up? I feel like you do. No, I don't. Do you do, do that? No, I don't. Oh know. my god! You should do stand up. No. You're hilarious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Uh, you can All go right, have cool. some lunch or write about stuff or figure out whatever. Uh, now that I've told you, that's Monday. Uh, you can then yeah. figure out what you're missing or what you've <laughs> what you need to do now. <laughs> I'm honestly trying to write today, and it is not happening. So we'll see. I have to like. I don't know, watch some YouTube or something and then get my brain going again. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. All right. Thank you so much well, for your have, time. You're very welcome. And it's so lovely talking to you. And take care. And uh, yeah, we'll chat. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with the cats. 
Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, bye. Yo, great to hear Carolyn Morissette also hates pants. Down with pants! And up with joy! Look, I can't get rid of pants in your life, but I can help you with joy. I write the My Pal Sammy newsletter, and it's loaded like a burrito with pop culture recommendations from comic books to movies to music, and like, yeah, all the stuff that brings us joy. Basically, this newsletter, My Pal Sammy, is the opposite of pants, and I promise it'll never be itchy. I guarantee it. Go to mysummerlayer.com to sign up. There is a little box there that's hungry for your email address. Plop that in and soon you'll be experiencing pantsless joy. Thank you so much for listening to me in the Netflix world. Bits, yo.